Hello, everyone. And for those of you who are returning, welcome back, y'all. This is episode five of It's Given Murder. I'm your host, Janice with an S. And as you know, every week I will be discussing someone who almost got away with murder. Before I get to the case, I would like to start by apologizing because I know it's been a little minute, but I had some personal things going on and I'm here now. So, hey, y'all. And if I'm being honest, I was already working on a case for this episode while I was moving. But when I got halfway through all the research and the writing, I was not feeling it at all. So, boom, here I am. It took a little longer, but I got this case instead. And I have mentioned before, I am legally lit over here at It's Given Murder Podcast. So, if you will, spark up while you listen. And let's get to this episode. Today's spotlight is on Sam Little. Samuel Little was born as Samuel McDowell on June 7, 1940. His mother was a 16-year-old prostitute by the name of Betsy Mae Little but she still knew who Sam's father was. His father was a 19-year-old client by the name of Paul McDowell. Shortly after the birth of Sam, the little family moved to Ohio. Notice I said the little family because his father did not move with them, of course. Sam was basically his grandmother's child because she raised him, and not much more was said about his earlier life, but by his own account, He began having fantasies about choking and strangling women at a young age when he first seen his kindergarten teacher rub her neck. So look, most people be like, oh, I've been singing since I was three. But this man said he been having fantasies about strangling people. You already know it's giving murder. But let's skip a whole bunch of years because like I said, there's really nothing much about his early childhood life. But when Sam was in high school, it's said that he had problems with achievements and discipline and that he collected true crime magazines, specifically ones that had crimes of women being choked. By the late 1960s, oh wait, I'm like way off. (laughs) That's from me being legally lit. But in 1956, Little was convicted of breaking an injury. Breaking and entering. So he was held in the juvenile center for a little bit. And sadly, most times, this is where it actually starts. But by the late 1960s, Sam ended up moving with his grandma to Florida. By his own account, he held jobs like being an ambulance attendant, a cemetery worker. And that's when he began traveling more and started having run-ins with the law. Sam was arrested in eight different states for crimes like driving under the influence, fraud, shoplifting, solicitation, armed robbery, <laughs> armed robbery, aggravated assault, and rape. In 1961, Sam was arrested for breaking into a furniture store in Ohio. He received prison time and was released in 1964. By 1975, Sam had been arrested 27 times in 11 different states. Other crimes included theft, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on the government. I wonder what he was going through. Like, he couldn't just sit down, take a nap, watch TV, or chill. It's like, what the fuck? He just had to be doing something illegal. 
1982, Sam was arrested in Mississippi and charged with the murder of 22-year-old Melinda Rose, who had been gone missing since September of 1982. A grand jury declined to indict him for the murder. However, while under investigation, Little was extradited to Florida and charged with the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount, whose body was found September of 1982. Prosecution witnesses identified Little as the person who had been spending time with Patricia the night before she disappeared. And well, due to untruthful testimonies from the witnesses, Little was acquitted in January of 1984. Sometime shortly after, Little moved to Cali, somewhere around the San Diego area. In October 1984, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling 22-year-old Lori Burrows, who actually survived. At this point, what the fuck? This man must be stopped. It's been way too many charges against him for them to just, like, keep letting him out. One month later... He was found by the police in the backseat of his car with the unconscious woman, who was also beaten and strangled. In the same exact location, he tried to commit the last murder. Little only served about two and a half years in prison for both crimes. After he was released in February of 1987, he would immediately move to Los Angeles, where he committed at least 10 murders. Little was arrested September 2012 at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, and sent to Cali to face a narcotic charge. That's where the police will use DNA testing to establish that he was involved with the murders of Carol Elford, Guadalupe Apodoca, and Andrea Nelson. Little was extradited to Los Angeles, where he was later charged on January 7, 2013. Police say just a few months later, Little was being investigated for the involvement in three dozen murders committed in the 1980s, which until have been undisclosed. In connection with the new circumstances, Mississippi, the Lapeer murder case was reopened. In total, Little was tested for involvement in 93 murders committed in many United States. Did y'all know? That through all of this, this man had an on and off girlfriend this whole time. Like they used to shoplift and steal shit together. So I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past her if she kind of knew what he was up to. Little was tried for the murders of Alfred Nelson and Apodoca in September 2014. The prosecution presented the DNA evidence as well as testimonies from witnesses who were also attacked by the accused at different times throughout his criminal career. On September 25, 2014, Little was found guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. He was in prison at the California State Prison, Los Angeles County. On the day of the verdict, Little continued to insist that he was innocent. But then a little later down the line, he finally started confessing. At the same time, some people thought maybe he was stretching the truth just a little bit. Little Rock. Tell me what that girl looked like. Oh, man, I loved her. I forget her name. Oh, wait. I think it was Ruth. Okay. She was a heavy set, big old yellow gal. And had buck teeth. <laughs> he had a gap between the teeth everywhere. And she, she was like a honey color skin. And she had, uh, like, her hair was not really long. It was, How tall do you think she was? She was about five, 
seven. How much do you think she weighed? She weighed about close to, to 200, about 170. Pretty, pretty big girl. Yeah. Right. Now, where did you meet her at? Okay, down in the crack house. I was, they heard about six other girls were sitting on the porch doing some crack in there. I stopped to go in there. I seen the girls, that's why I stopped. We stayed together two days or more. I think about three days. We was going shoplifting. We went to Sears. We went to uh, Culver's, and that's where I got busted. Mm -hmm. They took me to jail, and she went and stayed in the car. And the manager of Kroger's, I guess he got tired of her laying on his property in that car. He called the station where I was at in North, uh, North Arkansas to drop the charges. Mm -hmm. So he can come down and get this gal and car out of him. They cut me loose. So we was headed toward with that place where Walmart's uh, original store bent. I whipped off the road and back into that little woods. It was a cornfield back there. I pulled through it and on the other side of the cornfield was a trash pile. I parked the car facing out where I could see anybody coming in. So I, I pulled her out of the car. She's too big for me to carry, carry her. So I just pulled out of the car and laid on that trash that was left there. So was it like a cornstalk pile or was it? Yeah, a bunch of cornstalks. What could you see from there? Uh, I could see the highway mm -hmm. and uh, in the woods is that way from it. From North Little Rock, you think 10 miles? Yeah, it was about 10 miles. While watching the video of the audio y'all just heard, this man was sitting there smiling and smirking like he was having a good old time sharing his story. He puts you in the mind of like your granddad or like your old ass uncle who be sitting there telling you stories about the good old days. The whole video is about 15 minutes long. I'll put a link in the description below so you can see for yourself exactly what I'm talking about. Samuel Little claimed to have strangled more than 93 people between 1970 and 2005. Though many of his victims' deaths were first ruled as accidental or overdoses, many of Little's victims' bodies were never even found. And the confessions he provided, along with some of the sketches, could not be matched to a known missing person. So either he lying or the police lacking in the missing person's department. According to the FBI, Little confessed to 57 more murders of individuals that weren't even accounted for. He provided sketches that he drew himself for 26 of them. In November 2020, Little confessed to two last murders that he committed in Florida. In one of the murders, another man was arrested and had been wrongly convicted because that's the motherfucking justice system for you. A month later, Little died on December 30th, 2020, in a Los Angeles County area hospital. Although California Department of Corrections indicated that there was no cause of death, Little suffered from diabetes, heart problems, and other health conditions. And that, my friend, friends, my peoples, is the story of Sam Little and how he got away with multiple crimes 
before he almost got away with exactly 93 murders. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it so much. Thank y'all for being patient and staying supportive. With that being said, I hope you guys continue to support with only one episode left in season one of It's Giving Murder. Season two drops in November of 2022. I hope you guys are ready because I know I am. Bye.